Do you have a process for clearly identifying the degree of racial injustice and inequity that is operating in your district, school, or classroom? Or do you have a system to routinely center the voices and perspectives of Black, Indigenous, Latinx, Asian, and Pacific Islander youth, families, and staff? If you don't have a strong yes to either of these questions, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Dr. Terrence L. Green. I'm a tenure professor, and I've helped to prepare hundreds of racially just and anti-racist school leaders, and I want to help you. That's why I created this podcast to provide you and your team with real-world insights and practices that work so that you can collectively build racially just schools. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what are equity audits. I'm going to answer that question. The second thing is I'm going to talk to you about three questions that you and your team need to ask yourself before and while you're conducting an equity audit. And then third, I'm going to talk to you about what is it that you need to actually conduct the equity audit. When you're thinking about the how of the equity audit, what is it that you need? And I'm going to share a few things that are are vital for you as you're conducting it conducting the equity audit. And then finally, I'm going to spend a little time talking to you about three reasons why you should conduct an equity audit. All right. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you're excited about today and you're ready to get started, then let's go. You're listening to the Racially Just Schools podcast, the show that provides resources to help you and your team build racially just schools. Now, here's your host, Dr. Terrence L. Green. Welcome to the Racially Just Schools Podcast. My name is Terrence L. Green, and I am your host. Yo, I am super excited. Hey, I'm happy to the mug that you are back and that you are here for today's episode. Now, today's episode is going to be very important, and is, is I think, um, because today we're going to be talking about equity audits and, and what they are and why you should really be engaging them routinely and frequently in your practice. Now, for me, equity audits, I get very excited about this topic. In particular, um, I've, I've been teaching a course now for the last decade called Leading for Justice and Equity in K-12 Schools. And in that course, I work with school leaders to build their capacity to actually conduct an equity audit of their campus. Right. And so I've been been teaching this. I've been uh, writing about and, and created the community based equity audit, which I won't talk as much about today, if at all. Um, I'll do an entire separate episode on the community based equity audit, because I think that, you know, conducting an in school equity audit is super important. But to make that work even more powerful and even more robust is that you augment it and, and conduct also a community based equity audit. I've actually been thinking about um, actually teaching a four week course on this because I've got so many people who reached out to me in districts um, recently about equity audits and helping them with them and what they are. And uh, I'm just thinking about just creating that resource. So we'll see what happens with that. But today I'm super excited to be talking about what equity audits are and why. And so let's hop into what equity audits are. Before we start to talk about exactly what equity audits are, because I think this is important to demystify like just exactly what they are, I want to ask you a quick question. And the question is this, do you have a clear, useful, and accurate understanding of the depths of racism and white supremacy operating within your district, school, or classroom? And I'll I'll, I'll ask that question again. Do you have a clear, useful, and accurate 
understanding of the depths of racism and white supremacy operating within your district, school, or classroom. And if you can't, you know, unequivocally answer yes to this, then you should probably be conducting some type of an equity audit. So now, what are equity audits? I want to be clear that equity audits are not, you know, things that are brand new or some novel tool that was just created, you know, in the last few years. Um, actually, the origins of equity audits can be found in the civil rights movement. Um, and I wanted to just be clear about this, that equity audits were created by black people in the civil rights movement to hold organizations accountable specifically for upholding the Civil Rights Act of 1964, specifically Title VI. Now, Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 64 prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, or national origin in any program or any activity that receives federal funds or any other federal financial assistance. So this is important. So given this, it means that an equity audit can be performed literally on any organization. So you got to understand that the, the original origins of equity audits weren't necessarily performed on schools. They were conducted on organizations um, that were any organization that were receiving federal funds. So the thing is that any place where people are organized and they're collaborating and they're working together, you can conduct an equity audit. So this is inclusive ex- of schools, but not exclusive to schools, right? So now when we think about equity audits, one of the things I want you to think about is this idea of audit, the 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 etymology of audit literally means to listen. So a true equity audit requires you to listen. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this. But what I think about an equity audit, uh, given that context of the historical piece and also the etymological piece of audit, I define an equity audit as a comprehensive and a practical tool to identify and to assess the degree of equity or inequity racial justice and injustice within a school, a district or classroom. So you can conduct an equity audit on, you know, at a school level, at a district level or even a classroom level. Right. Um, And this can span your audit can span a number of things, the hiring practices, curriculum, uh, instruction. Uh, You can do equity audits on the climate and culture of the classroom, district or school on programs, you know, special education, talented and gifted um, student outcomes, discipline, athletics, whatever facet of schooling that you can conceive of and think of, you can conduct an equity audit. You can conduct an equity audit on your professional learning community. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? You can conduct an equity audit on your leadership team's practices. You can conduct an equity audit on the systems that you have in place for whatever it is that's happening in schools. But I want to be super clear on this. This is one of the things that I have to always, the hallmarks of saying when we start talking about equity audits. So if you don't get anything from this episode, I want you to get this. I want to be clear that just like smoke detectors don't put out fires, equity audits don't put out inequity. <laughs> Let me say that again. That's tweetable, ain't it? Just like smoke detectors don't put out fires, equity audits don't put out inequity. Okay, so equity audits have to be augmented or joined with the racial political will 
and relentless actions to do something about what was identified in the audit, right? So again, it's not just conducting the audit, it's conducting the audit plus a district, plus a school, plus the leaders, plus the educators, having a racial and political will to do something about it and taking relentless actions to address the inequities, the racial injustices that emerged in the audit. Just because you've conducted an equity audit doesn't mean anything is going to change. And I want to be super clear about that. In many cases, things will remain the same. They'll just become magnified to a larger audience. But if you don't take actions and have the political will to do something about what you what 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 emerged in the audit, then you just got more data and more information that just goes along with the continued racial injustice, white supremacy, anti-blackness, and inequity in a district school or in a classroom. I want to share with you three questions to ask yourself, to ask your team before you start conducting an equity audit. And there are three simple yet important and sort of profound questions. The first one is, why are we conducting an equity audit, (laughs) right? And I'll come back and expound on this in a moment. So that's the first question, like why are we conducting an equity audit? The second question is, what are we committed to doing after the audit has been conducted? And one of the things that I wanna continue to bring you back to is that an equity audit should be a frequent practice is it should be a f- something that you frequently practice right so in other words it's not like you've done an audit you don't have to do one again because you've done one no you should at least do one annually one every year um, if not doing some micro audits in between that and then the third question is how will we use this audit to transform our system whether that system is a classroom a school a district and the relationships of power in our system So I'll I'll say that third one again. So how we use the audit to transform our system and the relationships of power in our system. So let me go back to the first question very quickly. The first question is, why are we conducting an equity audit? So, you know, over the years, I have, you know, come in contact with with schools and districts and people who are conducting audits for a myriad of reasons. Um, And so the question you got to ask, like, why are we conducting this audit? Are, Are we conducting this audit just to check off a box? you know, on a list of things to say we've done uh, because, you know, post 2020, uh, you know, are you conducting an audit because other districts or neighboring districts have conducted audits? So you're not sure what to do, but you know, they conducted one. So you need to conduct an equity audit. You know, are, are you conducting audit because you truly and genuinely want to make racial justice change and you see the audit as a tool to help with that? And I think even as you're thinking about why you're conducting an audit, the, another question you have to ask within that is kind of like an audit for whom? Remember, going back to the etymology of this word audit, it means to listen. And I can't tell you the number of times I've been in a district or a school and, you know, I'll say something. And after I say it or the presentation's over, you know, some some black parents or some teachers will come up to me and say, we've been saying that for like the last four to five years. <laughs> but what nobody, you know, listening to us. Right. And so. You know, if you truly were listening to what families and parents and communities and what staff and teachers were saying, that is in some ways part of an audit. But you got to be saying, like, are you just doing this for, you know, who are are you doing it for? That's the question you have to ask. Audit for whom? Because if you ask people who are embedded in that context and truly listen to them, they will tell you what's happening and going on. The second question was around, like, what 
are we committed to doing after the audit has been conducted? And there are a couple of things you need to think about in this question. So like after the audit is conducted, what are you willing to change in terms of like the fiscal and and resources like you know what i mean so what are you willing to change like there has to be some resource changes there has to be some changes and reallocations of how uh, fiscal resources are used and leveraged and when i say resources I, I i know i'm saying the fiscal part but when i say resources i mean resources broadly uh time is a resource right oftentimes in schools we're asked to do things and to make change but we're not given adequate time number one to do those things but then number two to see the fruits of that work come to fruition, right? And so what are you willing to change fiscally and also resources broadly? The second thing is, what are you willing to change instructionally? What are you willing to change ideologically? What are you willing to change on a curricular level, right? This is like the knowledge or what we say in in philosophy is like the epistemological level. You know, what are you willing to change where knowledge is concerned and ideologies and instruction in the curriculum that's actually being used once you've conducted the audit. Um, And are you willing to go against business as usual? Again, this goes back to earlier. I was saying having that political will to make relentless change and take relentless actions to see things be radically transformed. And then the third question is, how will you use the audit to transform our system and the relationships of power in our system. So when we're thinking about a system, again, a system is any structure that has parts, it has a purpose, and there's a relationship between those parts. So a system can be anything as macro as a school district with all the various parts and the purposes that it has and the relationships between those parts to a classroom, right? So people are often like, we got to change the system. Well, your classroom is a system. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It may not be the macro system in an entire district, but it is a system that you can start to shift. And so you got to start to think about the relationships of power. When you're thinking about the relationships of power, who gets to decide? Who makes the decisions? um, Who sets the agendas? uh, Who controls the direction in which we're going in, right? Is that all driven by the adults? Is that all driven by teachers? Is that all driven by um, the the leaders, or is there some ways in which power is shared, right? And so the teacher becomes the student and the students become the teacher, right? You're thinking about this third question. How do we use the audit to transform our systems and the relationships of power within these systems, right? And so those are things you need to be thinking about. Three questions that you need to anchor um, and have deep conversation around whoever is conducting that audit um, before you engage in that audit and actually while you're conducting Now I want to spend a little time just talking very briefly with you to give you like the 30,000 foot overview of like how to actually conduct an audit. And again, as I mentioned before, um, there's much more depth and detail to this. And again, you learn how to conduct an equity audit um, by actually conducting one. But there are a couple things that are essential that you need to conduct an equity audit. And again, depending on um, how you're conducting it, if you already have like, you know, pre-made templates that people already have and you're just kind of filling that out is one thing is another thing. If you are, you know, constructing the templates as you're going along, but regardless where you are on that spectrum, there are a couple things that you need. And one of the first things that you need to conduct an equity audit, and we're thinking about how do you conduct an equity audit? This is one thing that you need. Number one is you need inquiry, right? In other words, you need questions, what is it that you want to know about, 
right? What do you want to know? You need questions. You need inquiry. What do you want to know about discipline? What do you want to know about culture and climate? What do you want to know about the instruction of the of the classroom? What do you want to know about the hiring practices? What do you want to know about athletics? What do you want to know about the systems that are in operation? You have to begin with some questions. You know, for an example, you may want to know how culturally responsive and racially affirming are our hiring practices. That's one of the questions that I always like to ask on the audits that I'm conducting. Right. So. So what is it that you want to know about hiring practice? That's that may be something for an example. Um, what is it that you want to know about um, the curriculum? Right. So a question you may ask is how and in what ways is our curriculum racially representative of the student's that the school makes up, right? Or um, what, whatever it may be. I'm kind of just making up questions as I go um, for you just to give you an example here. But you want to begin with inquiry. It starts with the questions that you want to know. You know, historically, people wanted to know questions around like over-representation and under-representation, particularly in, um, you know, programs like uh, special education or talented and gifted or suspension and things of that nature. And those can be questions that you may have you want to know about. So that's inquiry. So whatever the questions are. So you start number one. One of the very first things you need in how to conduct the audits is inquiry and questions. And I would I would encourage you to allow the questions that you want to know about to come from multiple sources. Right. So, for an example, if you're conducting an equity audit as a school leadership team or if you're conducting it as um, a group of teachers, that's great that you all have some questions. But I would also uh, query and probe and ask students what questions that they have. Do they have around a particular aspect of the audit? Uh, what questions might families have? What questions might staff have? So for a concrete example, let's go back to the hiring practice piece. Um, if you as a group of teachers are looking at uh, your colleagues and you like, all right, we are not racially diverse at all. And there are opportunities for us to hire more black folk uh, here, more indigenous, more Latinx folks. But we ain't we ain't been doing that. Right. <laughs> so um, you, the questions you may have is like about the hiring practice, how racially responsive and culturally responsive are the hiring practices. And then that may be a question that you all have as teachers, but it would be awesome for you to ask staff what questions they may have about the hiring practices. It may be awesome for you to ask students, what questions do you have about the hiring practices and the folks that you see in this building? Right. Um, so, again, you are you beginning with inquiry and with questions and you are you are resourcing and um, you are going to multiple places to get those questions. The next thing that you need as we think about how do I conduct an audit is you need data, right? You need actual information that can help you answer the question, right? So I want you to think about multiple types of data. So, of course, we know there's uh, quantitative data where, you know, you're looking at numbers, Essentially, you're looking at uh, percentages. You're looking at the number of let's, we can, let's stick with this hiring example. You're looking at the number of candidates um, who have applied for jobs over the course of the last five years. You're looking at uh, the gender. You're looking at the race. You're looking at um, all these intersecting identities of who 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 has applied. So you need quad quantitative data. You need like the actual hard numbers 
the individual numbers um, and at the disaggregated level, but also the aggregate numbers, right? So you need quantitative data. The next thing you need is qualitative data. This now, the quantitative were the numbers, the qualitative is more of the lived experiences, right? You need to talk to people, interview people. You need to um, survey people. You need to... um, Uh, do focus groups with people. You need to do empathy interviews. You need to have conversations with folks to understand what their lived experiences are. Along with this, you need to also, another source of data is observations. You can observe, right? You can observe uh, meetings. You can observe uh, classrooms. You can observe um, interactions, PLCs, whatever it is. There's Then there's observational data. Um, So you got the quantitative data. You got the qualitative data. You got the observational data then you also there's then you also need and you can uh, reference um, document data right there are documents that you can look at you can look at the hiring procedure documents you can look at um, the actual interview protocols right so there are actual documents that you can look at you there are documents that are data sources that you can you can use to start to answer whatever questions or inquiry you have around your equity audit right so we got quantitative data, we got qualitative data, we've got observational data, we've got um, document data that you can actually review. And there are other sources and other types of data that you can use. But if you start with these four types of data, thinking across qualitative and quantitative, this will give you a great place to start in how you conduct your audit. So I just wanted to to sum this section up again, that you need to you need to do the audit. You need inquiry questions. And then secondly, you also need the data. And again, I think about data on both aggregate and disaggregated levels. Um, And again, remember, stories are data, okay? People's stories and lived experiences are data, which can be profoundly powerful. Now I want to briefly talk to you about three reasons why you should conduct an equity audit. Um, We spent a little time talking about what equity audits are. We spent a little time talking about what you would need to actually conduct an audit. And now I want to just spend just a little bit talking about like why you should um, conduct an equity audit. Um, Give you three brief reasons. Number one, an equity audit will help you identify institutional practices and trends. And again, this is the important part about conducting equity audits um, frequently, right? Because you can see the patterns and the trends over time. But even when you're conducting a single audit, you, yeah, is a snapshot, so to speak, but you want to look at multiple years of data um, in an equity audit. Now, given you know, what happened with COVID-19 and 2020 and 2021, where there was disruptions in data, you're going to have to be creative and thinking about what trends were like prior to 2020 and what they've looked like post and taking into account the global pandemic. But the, the one of the reasons why you should conduct an equity audit is because, again, you can identify the institutional practices. You can see these practices across an institution, um, whether whether you're thinking um district classroom or school level or or classroom level, um, you can see what those trends and those practices look like over time. 
The second reason why you should conduct an equity audit is because it creates space for you to authentically and to systematically listen specifically to voices that have not been centered. Again, I got to keep going back to this point, which is super important, is that etymologically audit means to listen. And when you conduct an equity audit, you can authentically and systematically listen and center to center voices that have been been marginalized, right? You can you can put a premium and a priority on the voices um, that folks haven't listened to, uh, whether it's a particular group of students that have been labeled a particular way, um, whether it's uh, some family and community members, whether it's, it's staff that have been overlooked because they work in the classroom, but they're not like actually teachers is what people will say, things like that, as if their their perspectives don't count, but their perspectives are super important. Right. So but this gives you the opportunity to to authentically and systematically listen and center those perspectives and those voices and um, join alongside of those voices as a resource to begin to transform your systems and your practices and the patterns that you see of racial injustice and inequity. And then finally, the third reason why you should conduct an equity audit is because it provides an opportunity to get super clear on where your racial justice and equity work is. It, it allows you to get clear on its impacts, the growth areas. And so this is super important because again, this goes back to one of the original questions that I asked. Are you clear? Do you have a clear way to know the depths of racism or white supremacy that's operating or functioning in your, in your school, your district, or your classroom? And the thing about an equity audit, it gives you that opportunity to get clear. You get, you get some clarity because you have these multiple pieces of data you've got them over multiple years and you are now able to get some clarity on like where we are not where we think we are <laughs> not where we think we should be oh we know we've done x y and z and da 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 and they said this about us but this is where we actually are particularly when we center the perspectives and the lived experiences and the voices that are traditionally not centered and are traditionally shut out of this conversation we get very very lucid on where we are and so those are three reasons why you should get Well, I hope you got something out of that. There, That's just not even scratching the surface about equity audits and um, how powerful they can be. And so we spent just a little time to recap um, talking about what equity audits are. Um, three questions you should ask before you actually conduct an equity audit why you should conduct an equity audit and and like the how, like what are some basic things you need in order to conduct it? And when you're thinking about who's actually going to conduct the audit, I think about it along this continuum. You can either conduct the audit, number one, by yourself. You know, you may not know exactly what you're doing. You're going to just figure it out on your own, but you, your team, whomever, you're going to do it by yourself. The second thing you can do is you can work with someone in partnership with people who have experience, who've actually conducted audits and you actually can be doing it, but you work with them. And the third phase, you can just actually just ask somebody else do it externally who has expertise and experience in doing them. And I find often that that third phase that um, it happens more often um, because in a lot of schools or districts, you know, there are competing interests and there's distrust and there are histories and dynamics where people are like, we just need someone external to this district or the school to come in and do it um, because the lack of trust that uh, in the strain relationships that occur in that particular space. Um, nonetheless, uh, I 
I want to provide this resource just to help you all so you can get started. If you or your school or your district isn't like, you know what, we actually need to conduct an equity audit. We don't know what to do. We need some help. Reach out to me at Terrence at RaciallyJustSchools.com. Again, that's Terrence, T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E at RaciallyJustSchools.com. I work with the team. We have, you know, some capacity right now as the year is uh, ending to support and to help schools and districts who are really serious about doing racial justice work. Um, I want to support you. I want to help you. So hit me up. Send me an email. Uh, let's connect and see if there's a way for us to work together to help you in your school or district um, with your equity audit work. Hey, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I'm super excited about your equity audit work, and I look look forward to hearing about it. And in the words of my boy, old Martin Moss, see you when I see you. Peace. Well, that is it, folks. Thank you so much for joining the Just Schools podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I am so excited and really looking forward to our time together during future podcasts. What I need you to do is to please hit the subscribe button, share with a friend, and please leave a review. Love reviews. And if you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to www.raciallyjustschools.com. That is www.raciallyjustschools.com. When you join our community, I have a free video for you on three tips that will make your racial justice work better. And again, if you love the show, hit subscribe, rate it, and leave a review on iTunes. And until next time, peace.